2: It's
3: the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home those, those those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, It's to Persuade, of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.
1: It's been a tough old editorial meeting today ahead of this Mm. World Service promo. We agonised for a number of hours, Kieran, over whether or not to let these guys in on the most popular slot of our Six Nations coverage (laughs) every year. Some said this is the kind of thing that needs to stay purely on the World Service. The the non-members will sign up in their droves to hear it, from Murrayfield to Moy Ross, from Dundrum to Dunfermline, from (laughs) Lachlanstown to... Lock Ness. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's the slot that unites us with our Scottish cousins yes. every year, and it was back with a bang today. It's Hogwatch watch. You know, I have a huge amount of belief within the boys um, to come down here yes. and win. Stuart Hawk turns up to I'm Winning the pudding oh well, I love it. Stuart
0: Hawk. I uh, believed in the boys' ability. Scotland, our disgrace. So yes <laughs> <laughs> Yes I'm delighted on. I'm delighted you're delighted oh. It's a new six Nations season <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed John. It's coming down the tracks And what one phrase Comes to your mind Time and time again In this febrile Pre-tournament atmosphere In this oldest and grandest Of sporting contests Between nations Do you want me to answer that Or do you want to answer it yourself <laughs> Yeah you, I, I think you would guess Scotland are in it to win it No Owen You have to hammer the hammer Oh Hammer the hammer Take your opponents on Where they're strongest, Ken. And that's the word coming from the England (laughs) camp. You think no one's better than the Scots, said. Talking up the Scots? Well, (laughs) think again. We are in a position to win the Six Nations. The Times of London breathlessly reports this week Owen Farrell, the England captain, believes his team will face the best Scotland team in living memory (laughs) in Saturday's Calcutta Cup. Brilliant stuff, Owen Farrell. At Twickenham. Owen Farrell, hmm on September 24th 1991 so I'd hit to be a fly on the wall in the Pountney household as old Budge gives Duncan Hodge a call <laughs> were our championship winning efforts of 1999 all for naught anyway back to old Farrell's <laughs> press conference they're playing as good as I can ever remember Farrell guffawed <laughs> <laughs> the autumn results probably didn't reflect how well they played he chortled to widespread amusement at the same time we want to make sure that we show the crowd twicken Twickenham what we're about a team that will work hard for each other stick in together you could really hear Owen Farrell I hear a bit of Owen there yeah. and they're going to need it because according to yes Owen, the Howick paper one man is feeling better than ever I refer of course Stuart William Hogg. Oh,
4: God, he didn't drop that, did he? I'm afraid
0: (laughs) he did, Dull. We'll never forget it. He revealed recently to the Howick Paper of Record that he swims in the sea nearly every day. (laughs) It helps both the body and mind, and it really invigorates me, Mm. said the fullback. And he has continued this trend in their warm up cast. That sounds like real sponsored content. Like he's sponsored by. Yeah. S- the Sea Swimmers Association of Scotland or something <laughs> Just when you thought Stuart Hogg couldn't get any more annoying He starts talking about his sea swimming habit <laughs> Anyway An invigorated Stuart Hogg Buckle up on, Because I have a feeling I just have a feeling This could be their year Play the fucking bed Simon you moron <laughs> I have a huge amount of belief within the boys To um, come down here and win Stuart Hogg turns up i winning the bloody World cup, I
1: love it Stuart Hogg
3: I believed in the boys' ability
1: Scotland are a disgrace to work for There you go Monday only listeners Just take it all Hogwatch in its entirety It's a, it's a terrible business decision Murph yeah. I don't know
0: why I called him a moron go. That was harsh You know, <laughs> that, you know A moron I mean, it's, it's a lot of things Sure
1: it's, it's a really fun word to say Yeah You just lost the run of yourself You are at your happiest and wildest when delivering hog, hogwatch But you know from now on we're not going to give that away yeah. for free anymore yeah, I think Any fair. further hogwatches in this current Six Nations firmly behind the paywall. Agreed, Murph agreed. I like that I like that policy. We did some actual six nations analysis too. Ireland travelled to Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> we do that.
0: I thought I thought I'd
1: nailed it, but fair enough. Ireland travelled to Cardiff to kick things off where we have a wretched recent record. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> Shane well done, Horgan well could tell us from personal experience how difficult it is to play there.
3: The, the, the atmosphere doesn't dissipate because um, you know the the roof is open and I can tell you from, from first-hand experience um, just gets sweatier. It, it, yeah, it gets it does get sweatier. now. You know, I don't know what their conditions are. You know, obviously the, there's no wind, uh, no rain. Um, it's not particularly comfortable place to play when um, when the, when the um, roof is shut either. But I found it's a very difficult place to play uh, when the roof was open as well. It's it's very you know the atmosphere is very heavy. That doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of air in the stadium, and even I when the roof horrible. is open. Yeah, yeah, re- yeah. I found it. You know, honestly, you're sort of you're you're. It feels as if you're, it feels as if the roof was closed, even when the roof is open <laughs> if That makes sense. That the sort of the way the um the structure is, that kind of looms over you, and it doesn't feel as if the air can get down on the pitch because it's you know the stands are so big, and you know that's not you know I suppose Twickenham is probably bigger and sort of bigger capacity, but it never felt that. Overall, to uh, to me, and uh, but but um, the the millennium as it was then, the principality as it now, um, I found it very very difficult to to or very challenging to play in. I never felt quite felt comfortable. I always felt I was kind of out of breath, or it was almost like playing on, on at altitude. That's what it felt like me uh, to me um, when 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 we we're going out there. So sounds it, relaxing. Listen, I think it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be difficult either way. You know, I don't know. I wonder what the thinking behind it is, but I can tell you the thinking isn't because they want to sample the atmosphere, <laughs> I don't think.
1: So that's a line, that's a company line to be trotted out, you think, maybe.
3: Yeah, it's up there with uh, Sexton's the line of, I don't hold any grudge against <laughs> uh, Warren Gatlin, <laughs> as, uh, as things that definitely aren't true.
2: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. Stupendous.
0: Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month.
3: I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, yeah. they are amazing. Stupendous. Stupendous.
1: stupendous. In the football world this week, Chelsea's lavish spending in the transfer market has been the story. It's been met with... The extremely obnoxious emoji with the tongue hanging out and
0: the dollar yes. signs. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that in a lot of places. It doesn't get any more obnoxious no, than that own. that is the most obnoxious emoji, isn't it? it? Is, it's up there. Yeah. It's Although be. other people will say the thumbs up one is actually the most obnoxious one because it's, it's passive aggressive. It's not really, is it? I don't believe that. but I use it quite a lot. Well, apparently, nothing says, I don't care about what you've just told me, more than a
1: thumbs up emoji. You know, after our regular arguments, you'll text going, we still cool, bro? And I'll I'll just text back with a thumbs up. That's totally genuine, Murph. Mm. Absolutely 100% genuine. But anyway, the more discerning journalists have eschewed the emoji option. They've been out there trying to figure out what the hell Chelsea's plan is journalists like Gabrielle Margotti,
4: And also, how are they going to fulfill their longer-term goal in the sense that, you know, th- these aren't vanity investors with their own money. They're not here like, oh, I'll happily go and, uh, you know, lose, uh, you know, a million pounds a week like uh, like Roman Abramovich supposedly did, you know, for my own vanity and soft power and whatever else. You know, these guys, they're playing with other people's money, mostly other people's money, people who have invested with with them or, or their funds or indeed the other um, uh, funds that that are part of this group, so they need to show a return, and that's what I find fascinating. Is there something that they know that that we don't? Because you look at these numbers, and it's difficult to see how they all add up. Well, that's exactly the the, the what's so
2: interesting about this, because his way of doing, I mean, Bowley or you know, Bowley, the Bowley Collective, the way of of going about things is so different from anything um we've seen before from any previous American investor. You know, this is more like the kind of thing that uh I guess Abramovich did at Chelsea when he first arrived or where Manchester. When there was
4: no financial fair play
2: and he w- had to go and like make a name for himself abroad to stay safe from Vladimir Putin and stuff like that. Yeah, right? I mean I know the the financial fair play thing. I, I don't even I don't even think we should bother talking about it because number one, it's kind of a joke. And number two it's been loosened anyway and you know why do you say it's been loosened well i mean they've increased the the limits that you can lose over you know a certain period of time or they've doubled the sort of losses that you can amass over a 3 year period right i mean that's a loose thing that's the loosening i would so, refer to
4: so there's two things that's yeah so they've increased those although they have stricter equity requirements but the other aspect of that is that you're only allowed to spend on squad costs which is wages, agent fees, player amortization and coaching staff. Um initially it's going to be 90% of your revenue. Yeah. And then it's going to go down to 70% of uh, over of two your revenue. years or something like this. Yeah. So right? and, and, oh, over over a two year period and Chelsea are currently over three, yeah, it's going to be 90% the first season, then 80, then 70%. So Chelsea are currently um, over 90% I think. Yeah, I mean, I I think just even with the amortization of it, even with your long t- contracts, even without, um, even without UEFA saying okay, even though you've signed an eight-year contract, we're only going to amortize the fee over five years. And by the way, they're not doing it to punish Chelsea. Uh, let's get this out of the way here. A because the Chelsea guys who signed those long contracts have already signed them, but so it's not like they can do it. They're not going to do it re- retroactively, but they're doing it simply because you know UEFA govern european football and there's a lot of countries where there is a maximum five-year contract length right so they want to have a level playing field for everybody um I, i don't see how you can do that unless your revenues are suddenly going to spike and we know their champions league revenues will most likely go down because they probably won't be in the champions league next year um there's a plan for a new stadium but that's not going to happen for for a long, long time, right? Expanding Stanford Bridge. Uh, you want to go out and sell more commercial sponsorships? Sure, maybe you can try and do that. Uh the world economy is not in a great place right now. Uh it's interesting, Bali gave an interview in December where you know he talked about how they're like, you know, European sports is 20 years behind the US in terms of sophistication, blah, blah, blah. You know, this stuff we've heard before, right? But then, when he cites like his clever money-making schemes, you know, he starts talking about you know stuff like, oh, in-house media, and you know, you could do fly on the wall documentaries. You know, I, I mean, I'm shocked he didn't bring up Drive to Survive, right? You know, if it was that easy, then you don't think other clubs might have thought of some of this stuff? Yeah, they exactly. that they have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're already yeah, doing I those mean, things. You know, how well did that go? You know, I mean, yeah, some make the club some money, others. Not so
1: much. But just, get, just on the on the financial fair play, right, um, and the the player amortisation. I think people have been hearing a lot about that recently. That's that's the point that when a player is bought, the cost is spread over a number of years, so it shows on future accounts as opposed to this hundred and five million pounds sterling showing up for this year's accounts, which w- would screw them in FFP terms. But and on the other hand, any profit made from selling a player, my understanding is that gets put on the counts immediately. Now, firstly, I don't know what that means down the line, because you've pushed all this down the line, so surely there has to be some sort of an, an issue further along. But secondly, do you think there's a possibility they just don't care about financial fair play? They are prepared to take, realistically, the biggest punishment they'll probably get will be fine. Maybe UEFA will try to kick them out of a competition. They'll be able to fight that in the courts. We know that. So maybe they, they just see this no. as a cost of doing business. And that, that, they'll pay whatever fine they need to pay. That doesn't really matter. It's just another 50 million on top of the hundreds of millions.
4: I mean, sure, maybe it's that, right? Um, But, you know, if they keep getting fired. But the other thing you need to remember here, this isn't, you know, Abu Dhabi or Abramovich saying like, okay, but we're building our brand and blah, 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 and soft power and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, look, we're willing to take it on the chin because, you know, we're promoting something bigger that we think is worthwhile. These are guys who are playing with other people's money and have promised these other people a return on their investment, right? Otherwise, why am I going to invest with Clear Lake if they don't deliver a return? So people have put their faith in them. So, yeah, they can get all aggressive about that and try to do things like that and try to monetize in other ways. They've they've kind of indicated that, you know, Super League, not really their thing. They don't need that. So that seems to have gone out the window. I'm just curious to know how you're going to do it um you're right about amortization putting putting things you know pushing things down the road the analogy that you would make and this is the other thing that could get them out of it and here we go back to the issue of growing revenue is it's a little bit like i don't know if you guys have mortgages right but you know you let's say you buy a house when you're when you're 30 years old and your mortgage payment is i don't know Five hundred euros a month. This is going to be very triggering for a lot of
2: listeners. The the figures are hypothetical. The ages, the figures, everything about this scenario, this wild, this fantastic scenario you've concocted is hypothetical. But go on.
4: Purely hypothetical. Your mortgage payments are five hundred euros a month, and you make, uh, you know, and and, and you make, I don't know, two thousand euros a month or fifteen hundred euros a month. So you're, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's a big chunk of your income, right? You're really struggling to pay that, right? And then 10 years later, you've had inflation and whatnot. And A, you're making more money. B, there's inflation. So the 500 hundred euro, you know, maybe now you're making 4,000 euros a month and there's been inflation and 500 euros a month just isn't as much money as it was before, both as a share of your income and, and what it buys you. And so you become more comfortable with that. Right. That's the other big gamble. The, the big gamble is. If revenues in football keep going up, if transfer spending keep keep going up, then you know the fact that the you know Enzo Fernandez's eight and a half year contract is is costing me whatever, 12 million, 13 million a year in amortization, yeah, not that big a deal, right? Because players are going for 250 million or three hundred million. Sure, you can gamble on that happening. Um I'm just not sure it's gonna happen. I'm not I, I don't see a reason why football revenue would suddenly across the board go go that much higher. Mm. And of course you have the other obvious issue with the long contracts is what if he gets injured? What if he's bad? <laughs> what if he's just not a good player, right?
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. And I think a lot of it goes back to American sports, because when I hear people explaining this, these long contracts that Bowley, that, that Clear Lake is giving all these players, people say, well, it works in American sport. So, that therefore, it will work here. I don't know, firstly, does does the long-term contract thing actually work in the US? And is there any reason why it would be different in the Premier League or
4: risky? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, American sports have effective cost controls, right? So, you, in in the NFL, which, you know, you have Basically, salaries can't be more than forty-eight point five percent of the league's revenue. That's something they negotiate with the players' union every year. So, you know, as an owner, that that is that's how much you're going to spend. And obviously, you're not spending um, on transfer fees because there are no transfer fees, right? Um, so, I think you know that's the main difference. In in baseball, um, there is no there's there's no salary cap, but there's a luxury tax. So if you want to spend less, you can go and spend less. Um, if you want to spend more, then, you know, for every dollar you spend over a certain amount, you have to put a bit of money into a pot, which ends up, um, which is then divided up among among the other clubs. Um, that really, really helps contain your costs. Um, throw in the fact that there's 162 games in a season, throw in the fact that, um, you know, if somebody doesn't work out on a long contract eh? you're not going to get relegated your team turns bad well still there's a huge chunk of the revenues are shared uh, anyway a much higher proportion than than in football so in the end you're not really going to lose money right um i mean if you don't care if you and we've seen this happen right if your big money signing doesn't work out it's not that big a deal because and you can't afford them anymore and you can't move him on because nobody else wants to pay him that much that's yeah, fine you just keep him you just let go all the players that you can let go and you still have a hundred and you still have 81 home dates you play 162 games you're not going to get relegated your fans may grumble but yeah you still get your slice of the pie right so the the risk factor is is just a lot lower
1: always great to have Gabriele on, although. Gabriele I'm still pretty sure he judges me for the time we met in a London restaurant and I tried to pronounce the name of one of the dishes on the menu. Spaghetti alla ckitara con salsa di pomodoro. That was unfortunate. <laughs> Simon's actually slowed that down. Spaghetti alla yeah. ckitara con salsa di pomodoro. I was actually even faster than that one. Pomodoro. Of, he literally, he just kind of looks up from his own reading of the menu. He's like, "Oh God, you know. why do I feel assaulted?" I also think I asked what it was, and he was like, it's pasta "Pomodoro, mate." Bit sauce, <laughs> a bit of tomato sauce there. Nice bits of pasta. <sighs> you buffoon. All that is yours. You moron <laughs> <laughs> All that is yours, Roddy. Thumbs up, Murph. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> all that is yours, Roddy. Five euro a month as VAT. And we're covering the news over the last day or two that Katie Taylor will not be fighting in Croke Park after all. The unlikely standoff between Croke Park stadium director Peter McKenna. And promoter Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn. It's just, it's one of those sporting stories that just yeah. it, it exists now. This is this is something that's happening. It's something that we're talking about today and probably tomorrow as well. Also, if you sign up, you won't hear any more ads. So loads of great reasons to sign up. Second Cabin's podcast. Murph, what is it? Part of The, the A Cast Creator, Creator Network.
3: Network.
1: Yeah, they're not mm. going to pay us for that. On no, it's probably been cut out. Don't we?
3: That's the second time it's gone on. Never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade of the world outside of that. That's why sports is important.